Okay, so for the first few weeks we were discussing the lumdus of the various shitas of why Mordechai Tzadik did not bow down. Was it actual din? Was it the mysterious nefesh needed so it shouldn't be Maris Ayin? So he was being Makadashem Shemayim, was Haman and Avarazar, they had Avarazar around his neck. What was he trying to do besides avoid the Chilashem? Obviously, is also he understood the Kitrug was according to one shita back from the time of Nebuchadnezzar when he asked all the Yomazelim to bow down to this statue and he had a representative from the Yidden and Chanaim and Shavazai didn't but everybody else did and last week we were discussing what this statue was Ben Tom holds was a statue the likeness of Nebuchadnezzar for his covet and gaiva and Chanaim and Shavazai understood that if everybody bows down it's going to look like we bow down to Avodah People aren't going to understand the chilik, so they chose not to. As a tremendous Kiddush Hashem, the problem is, apparently, the Gemara doesn't spell this out, but it wasn't enough people who decided to take that route, and hence there was still some Roshim of a Chil Hashem. The other Rishonim, some other Rishonim say it was a regular statue of Avodah and that's easier to understand in terms of the Kitrug, but the Mepharshim connect Mordechai's stance that even if Haman wasn't an Avodah and even if he didn't have something around his neck, the optics in terms of what it looks like and the Maris Ayin of the Avodah was enough to trigger an issue that somebody should take a stand. And Mordechai again knew that that might have been the issue back in the time of the That paragraph that we just went over is a somewhat complex explanation of why Mordechai had to put himself in danger, and more importantly, Klaisal felt he's putting them in danger. And there were Tainas, and there was Sikhsuch, and Machlekes, and probably Lashon Hara, and all sorts of things going on. And the good news is that by the time you finish the Megillah, they came around and understood that despite the fact that it's hard to put the pieces together, Mordechai had it together the entire time and he did the right thing and it was necessary. That was a process and a very dangerous process. It came just in time, as many Yeshua's do. People are pushed to the limit to have to do tshuva. Enough people have to do enough tshuva to be able to have Kleistol continue. And there's a lot written about that process. This relatively short piece in the Mikhtam Elio, entitled Amunus Chachamim, is actually a letter he wrote to a close friend of his, and you'll see in a few minutes why I say that, why I put that detail in. And as Baruch Hashem printed up in the Mikhtam Elio, it's a classic, which we're going to try to obviously speak out and discuss what the message is, because this is an Esayin Bechal Davidar, Bechal Shana, Bechal Yaim, and it goes with part one of the year, which if you just came into a new segment of a video, go back one, because people who are trying to keep mitzvahs are good people. They're striving in their ruchnias and their maminim, and they try to do the right thing, and yet that could describe all the people at the time of Mordechai Esther, and yet they still got pretty deep into this mess. 
because as soon as they got to something that they thought they knew better and they didn't understand what he was doing, there were and just ignoring what they possibly didn't know or the fact that they don't have to always know and that you don't have to fully understand Paraduma. The same kayak given to Chazal to make Takanas and make Yisurim. Uh, that would be Baltasif normally if it's not necessary. Every time you keep a draw bun on, that's an exercise, a positive exercise in Amunus Chachamim. That they said that this is also because Asu Mishmeris Lamishmarti and we can see ahead Ezechacham Reisanaylid. And therefore, don't do that. You said it's not going to happen to you? Okay, so there. Shlomo Melech. Bechach Masai, Migad Lusa, said that about the races, and that's dangerous. And Drabonans are a low plug, as most the races are. And Chazal, in the, uh, the vein of Yadaita Bini Yadaiti, are trying to protect Klaisrael, and every time we do it, and to Klaisrael's credit, we have a lot of Drabonans. And we keep it Kajikadashim. A ger can't become a ger if he doesn't cobble all Drabonans. What if he says, I like all of them except this perm, Macrius and Megillah with the Haman bothers me, which I would understand. Uh, he needs to accept the entire body of Halachas, Daraisa, Darabonam, and Hagim, part of Klai Yisrael. And that jump in the Muslim, even though Baruch Hashem, we exercise it every day, we grow up with the Darabonans and the Ase Darabonans, like Hanukkah and Purim, and we're used to it. When it comes to a matzav, and often a matzav means it's pressured, all of a sudden the emotions kick in, there's a hisnagdus, even though we intellectually know that they're smarter and they have a wider view of things. And that's what makes this challenging. Now, let me just, I don't usually import from um, religions that uh, are made up, which is all the other religions, uh, but I just want to borrow an expression to explain that what we can discuss tonight is not that. Uh, so, the Achenu Bnei Esav, it'd be better if talking code, have a, it's not going to be too much code in 10 seconds from now, but Achenu uh, Bnei have a concept called papal infallacy. That means the Pope is right, even if he's wrong. Is that a short enough uh, version of it? We don't have such a thing. The schmooze is not about following authority and error, even if it's an error, because that would be against the Pasuk and Chumash and against an entire Masechta. It's a Masechta Harius. The, the whole Masechta talks about it basically makes a mistake. So what carbon do you bring? There's no such thing as papal infallible. That's ridiculous. If you're human, you're not infallible. That means you can make mistakes in plain English. So even though some of it is going to sound like it's not what it means. The famous Rashi that brings the famous Chazal that have the famous Russia, which, despite its tremendous fame on all three fronts, is completely misquoted. They think it's papal and fallacy. says, You've got to follow authority even if they tell you left is right. If they tell you left is right, do not follow it, because that's wrong. Do I need to say anything more controversial tonight, or is that, does, does that suffice? Uh, that's not what it means. It's, it's a homosexual that you're not allowed to follow it, and there's also a dinim when you knew it was wrong. It re- I don't know if it ever came up. It's extremely rare if it ever came up in the first place. Talk about the Sahajan Agadol, the smartest of the smart, and even if somebody make a mistake for 10 seconds, he has Chaverim who correct him. So, but there's a Masechta that it could happen. That's what's important over here. That's not what we're discussing. 
I feel like you mentioned a small means, even when you run up to a situation, which happens to many people all the time, when you say, with all due respect, by the way, if anybody ever says with all due respect, as Akdam, you know you're about to get insulted, right? So, <laughs> with all due respect, I, normally you're right, but this time you made a mistake. Why? Because I said so. Me and my brilliance, uh, and you might be very smart, but I said so, I decided this time it's wrong. Can't always be right, you had a very good career, and you'll continue to do wonderful things. This time you're wrong. I feel that you mentioned small means, even when you think it looks like they're telling you left is right, and you're mamish convinced. You have to submit to authority, chazal, and that's terrible, what's going on, and that's Hamunus Chachamim, because if you only follow it when you agree with them and understand it, then you're following yourself, not somebody else. If it's mamish, right and left, you can't confuse right and left, by the way. I, I see people sometimes, they have, the people have different kaychas, they're trying to make a left turn, and it's challenging for them. It's fine. Not everybody had, people have uh, spatial things, they, they, the people have different mailas and chasainas. But if you sit down, you concentrate, you'll know left from right, and you can't make a mistake. If somebody tells you that's your right hand, and you know it's your left, but it's early in the morning, so then that's wrong. That doesn't come up. It's when you think, it's mamish ke'ilu, they're telling me left is right, they're 100% wrong. That's what they said to Mordechai. You're putting yourself in danger. You're putting Klai in danger. It's a terrible, it's pushed you're wrong. So Rashi brings the Chazal, Afila, Yiminshu, small, that it looks like it's Yiminshu, small. You have to listen anyway. In a real case where it's wrong, there's a Gemara about that, and you're not allowed to listen. But that's not what we're going to be discussing. So that disclaimer is important before we start the piece. And as I'll describe to you in the first paragraph, it's just the introduction. He's writing a letter. It's a personal letter. And apparently, I didn't even look into it. It's not important for this all-important Hashkafa Sachayim for Yiddishkeit and the tie-in to Megillus Esther, which is one of his main discussion points. It's not important what the particular thing was that he's writing the letter for, what the person said. I don't even want to know. That's why I didn't include it in the letter. A friend of his, who he felt should know better, and he's going to tell him so, said something pretty chutzpahdik toward uh, some G'daylim who were dealing with something, and he asked Avdesler, friendly with him, what does he think? And as Avdesler is going to describe to you in the first paragraph, I know that what you said, even though you're completely wrong in the way you said it and what you're saying and what you're holding, but I'm Daniel Katschus is not coming from you, it's coming from somebody else who has Kromashitas and you just got under their spell. But since you're a close friend of mine and you're a Shegeg, I'm going to take out the time to write this long piece and explain it to you. It's a good thing this uh, was written down because it was given out to Kleistral. So what he's addressing in this particular background is not really important, but let's begin. This is uploaded if you're listening on uh, Zoom or any other speedy uh, number. Number what? Six. Number six. Okay, it's a uh, three-page document. Page 75. That's an important description. You could be an Eloi. Be very smart. If you don't have the brains with your Shemayim and Sitkis and working in your Midas, you're not entitled to an opinion. So, is, we're talking about people who have this blend. That's the key. 
Gam Chaim Brisker. Vagara Barber, he's going to mention soon, he met many of them. Abdesler was already, he made a Terry Tisral, he was in England afterwards, but as a young man he met them, and you'll see soon he was actually privy to some of the meetings. The smallest of whom we're talking about from that dar is already beyond our comprehension in terms of their lishma, their mysterious nefesh, their midis, and their brilliance. And all of them say zal, I would say that's zal. He's going to refer, he was related to Rabbi Hanan, and he's referred to him as shlita. That means this is written still during the war. They didn't know he was killed by the Nazis yet. And Rabbi Hanan was a major voice in Das Terra for that generation. So, starts off, Asher Ketanam Gedeilo Me'asagasenu, Uma Bedar Shlofneim, and going back another generation, Kagan Yisrael, Vekatra Ben Yisrael, Misalanta, Misalanta, Shar Gane, Sadiqe, Deira, Shanil, Ve'elov, Kulam Yitu, Toz, Gemur, Chas Shalom. Whatever he's addressing, he said, you're insinuating that the Messiah they had, which he was tining off for some odd reason, because it's a special year, it's hard to do that, he said, you're suggesting that everybody made a mistake and this is not a small Avera of Matishemra or Lashonhara. This goes to a critical core of, of Messiah in Yiddishkeit. If we're not for the fact that I understood that you didn't come up with this Krumkai yourself, that somebody else was uh, telling it over to you and trying to convince you. Those who call themselves B'nai Torah, apparently he's referring to a certain group, and again, it's very not important for us to know who that is here. And all they're doing is being bayit barabasehim. There's a reason why somebody's Misa. That's pretty stark. Why is it Chai Misa? You get Maknas, so what's Chai Misa? The answer is Armaseri depends on it. And if everybody just taking the shame into their own hands and doing whatever they want and not listening authority, then you're not going to have a Messiah left or it'll be Rahman severely crippled. So he calls them Mavatim Barabasem, Machalan Hashem, Dvaram Keila, and they're the ones saying these things. And if I knew you were really one of them, I wouldn't even answer you. Because you're not going to listen, you're already for on the whole matzav. However, Abayadi, good news is you're really a good person. You're trying to keep good hashkafas. But you're hearing these things, so you're asking. So it's coming from a good place. Now, this is an interesting introduction. We would say today, no, you know, well, whoever asks, you got to tell him. He says, has to be willing to hear the answer. Per our first discussion, so he's down the kashchus. He said, you're not gone, and you're not looking for trouble. You're not looking to be chutzpah. You're just repeating things you heard, which are very crumb. But you really want to know the emes, and that's why you deserve an answer. Because you actually will probably listen. When you put that with our long standing friendship, that's why I'm going to take time I don't have and pen this piece to you to try to have you understand the process. Shows how little time he had. And I'm going to try to give you clarity. Before we start the next uh, paragraph, you look at the footnote put in by the editors. This is, and you could spend a few hours just on this, but 
it's unnecessary because once you get the rest of the shtickle, which we will hopefully do this week and next week, a kasha like this, which some who start studying the Holocaust come up with this big kasha, but many people had it then. You have lots of kashas. It was a horrible, horrible matzav, and uh, to keep your amuna intact and kosh was challenging, but those who worked on it, by and large, were successful. And some who were otherwise firm, they thought they were, but they had a big taina, they said, um, the Rabbanim in Europe should have told everybody to move to Israel. Have you ever heard such a... It's, before I read to you what the editor just puts in, these are Tamidim of Dessler, and what Dessler is referring to, any student of history, if you know anything about the Holocaust, that's a ridiculous statement already, and he's going to allude to it, because Baruch Hashem, Amidus HaRachamim, there was a Gezeira on the Rav of Klai Yisrael, which was enacted, but Kosh Baruch Hu left uh, Sheris Aplata in America and left um, the other half in, in Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael, during the war, was not only not a foregone conclusion that it was safe, it was pretty pushy to most people that the, Rommel was at their doorstep and nobody had stopped them until now. The British, were, the British defenses melted. And they were, you just know the basic history, it's, it would be laughable at the suggestion, but it's something you cry about, just the general matzav, it's not a laughing matter. But they say, yes, and take this role. Can you imagine Rahmal Hassan had all of Klai Yisrael been over there? The Xerah was on world Jewry. The mix of the Midas Adin, Midas Arachim, is a Kosh Baruch decision, Miyichia, Miyamus. But to say, in 2020 hindsight, oh, it's Israel ended up being safe. Nazis didn't come in. Yeah, by this much, and the historians are still scratching their head trying to figure out how he was stopped. Uh, Montgomery, who was the, uh, was the general who stopped him? Montgomery? Yeah, so he'll, he was, uh, what was it? Montgomery? What? No. Who stopped Rommel? Yeah, who stopped Rommel? I think Montgomery. So Montgomery was one of those, uh, I'm happy he's on our side, but uh, uh, an honor of he wasn't. <laughs> He was known for his uh, lack of unevis. But uh, so if you ask him, he'll tell, oh, it's not pushed. I just had to get my chaps together. And how would they say that in British? And then we, we showed him a thing or two. They were getting beaten at every corner, and this was their last stand. And they needed heavy, heavy Seattle. They needed a nace, basically. And they got one. Not in his course per se, but at least he was fighting on the right side of justice. Uh, and the people who were efforts there, we have a lot of Akar Satayv, and there were Jews fighting in the army there as well. Akar Baruch Hu, they davened, and they were fasting, and the people in Israel, the, the Jewish agency, Lahavdol, from the guys davening, were burning their records. The, tomorrow the Nazis are going to be in Tel Aviv. That's how close it was. So it's a very cruel joke to 2020 hindsight Monday morning quarterbacking. You say, oh, yeah, why we should have all gone to Israel? So, well, you forgot that Israel is about to be overrun like every other country was, and it was an ace at the last minute. And they were burning the records in Tel Aviv. They had this zany plan to build a fortress somewhere in Har Carmel in Haifa. They were going to fight to the last man like Masada. I mean, you just read the basic history of this. It was they really didn't think anybody was coming out of here alive. And, and the Nazis had the capabilities, but they were coming from Egypt and they were dropping people. They could drop a patch. They were, um, Rommel was their most aggressive uh, general, the most successful until he wasn't Baruch Hashem. 
So number one, you'd be a total amaris in history even to make such a claim. Number two, you'd have to assume, even if all that wasn't true, that the British were interested in letting any sizable amount in, which is also ridiculous. Not then and not after the war. So you'd be amazed. Like, how can anybody... And I've heard this question from people, and they say it like a taina. Like, it's that taina's coming from the good old Yetzirah, just a taina on Amunus Chachamim, because they're just missing... I just tell them, why don't you just read the history and come back to me and ask the question? Just read the history, the two aforementioned things. They never come back. Because it was not a foregone... It was a pretty foregone conclusion that it was going to be overrun by the Nazis, and they weren't letting anybody in anyway. And then he's going to add the footnote, and by the way, most of European jury wasn't even from at that time, and they wouldn't be listening to the Rabbanim. We look at, uh, we move around here in America. It's a move from Passaic to Muncie to Lakewood to here to there. We just pick up and we move. You couldn't move. Where are you moving to? You have no job. You have no language. You have no how. We can't have masses of people move. It just wasn't, wasn't possible. Even if they were letting people in, and the Nazis weren't about to invade. But you have to know history for that. If you're looking emotionally to Taina, then you're Taina, ignoring history. And that's an example. And he alludes to all that in the footnote at the bottom. Take a quick look. That gives me an idea that part of the Taina's was a later part of the war and after the war that, yeah, it must be the Das Terror's fault that they didn't send anybody and save everybody from the Holocaust forgetting completely that that was an impossibility for all three reasons separately and together, which he's going to mention. The strategist can't understand, except for Montgomery, who would explain to you quite well why he won that battle, even though during the battle it was not pushed. It was a very fierce battle, and it was the last chance they had. Had all the Jews come to Palestine, how you need to tell them everybody would have been saved. The Zakfu is there, Achashman Gedeladar. He said, the tiny on the Gedeladar. Kilo Hayakayah Biyad on the Shachneas and Sibra. Even if the Nazis weren't there and the British were letting people in, Kilo, they had the ability to tell hundreds of thousands of people just move. Nobody had what to eat in Europe, let alone picking up and leaving their house in their Pranosa and bringing it out. They couldn't even pay if you have grandparents and great grandparents who came from Europe. After the war, or those who got here before the war, often they came in segments. If you read the history, the family history, somebody else's family history, they came like one at a time. Why would you do that? So the simple answer often was they couldn't afford more than one ticket for fourth class, if there exists, theorage, whatever. You, <laughs> they couldn't afford a ticket. They could, they forget anything else. They, the shirt on their back, they couldn't afford it. So he says, no one's listening to such a command anyway. And the circumstance would dictate that it was impossible. But that never stopped anybody from complaining when they want to complain, often ignoring the facts. They're complaining out of emotional pain. Let's begin. Go back up top of the second paragraph. So he gives a very, very clear description of what he himself witnessed and anybody else who ever witnessed sitting with the Gedeli Yisrael. I was able to see personally a lot of the people. Second paragraph, I'm still on page one, I'm saying 75. I was witness as a young, I was, he wasn't a member of the meeting, he was there, and 
As the Talmud, and he was watching when they deliberated on the problems of Klai Yisrael, Kamal Chavaz Chaim Zatzal, Agrach Mebris Zatzal, Gamrab Chaim Ezez Zatzal, Vucho Leimer Lo He's telling his friend, or reminding his friend, so I was there, since I saw this with my own eyes, and Rav Dessler, just keep in mind who we're talking about. Rav Dessler, in his generation, was a Das and was... Uh, the molder of the next generation of, uh, of Bacharim and uh, people to understand Das Torah in general and all the other important Hashkafas HaChayim. So he sang it by Kilu. He was like a fly on the wall watching the, the, the Israel. But he absorbed all this and was able to bring that Messiah over. And he sang, I was there. Even for small minded people like us, he says in all Anivas. He says, their brilliance was Peladik. It's hard to imagine. I watched it in action, and it was incredible. The seichel and how they touched up each problem and how they dissected it and how they attempted to give the options and try to chart the best course. He says, absolute brilliance, but brilliance itself doesn't get you there, as he's about to describe. It has to be brilliance with a sense of a Christ and Yerushalayim of what you're trying to do. It's possible for you or me, if that's just telling his friend, to even understand the incredible clarity that they had. When they concentrated on the problem, if that was the meeting, the purpose of the meeting was to try to help Klai Yisrael, and that was their job, and that's what they were trying to do. Completely the Shem Shemayim is completely Shem Shemayim as a human being can do. It was an awesome sight. To see the pain etched in their forehead and the feeling of achrayas and how they deliberated and how they assumed responsibility for this. If you didn't witness this, take off on the expression, if you never saw this, you never saw a real treatment of achrayas, and everything that comes with it, all the worrying and all the concern, Now, per my introduction, does that mean that every decision is going to be right? Well, we're in gullus conditions. And part of the Esther Panim is that Hashem, if there's a Gezerah and the Gezerah is being executed, is not going to allow it to always go right. Well, famous example, Rabbi Kiva and Barakalifa, could have been Mashiach, and he wasn't wrong for choosing him as the person who could do it. Does that mean it went right? No. He didn't have an Aschism, we didn't have an Aschism. Rabbi Mizalash, Nashanere, Ba'avonos, Pyrev, not Avonos, not Avonos, Enu. It's collective. That's why there's no papal and fallacy. It doesn't mean something can't be wrong. It means that you have to be given decision making powers as Hashem did, to the people who have the most Yerushalayim, the smartest, have siyat tashmaya, and are doing it out of deep concern, and are working on the Midas. And then you can hope for the biggest siyat tashmaya possible. And you have to follow that, because that's the best possible option you have. That example from Yechem and Zaka, who was the Gadol Adar, and he was making the decision. And if you remember, the Gemara Gittin, by the Chorban. 
has one mandamar that he sent because if it asked for Yishalayim, Vespasian would blow up, would blow a stack and say, Rabbi, I've been working hard for years in the siege, losing men, money. I'm not leaving without Yishalayim, and we'll just get angry. We'll get nothing. So he said, he pulled the wool over his eyes, and he ensured the existence and survival of Chai Yisrael, and uh, Vespasian was Yamana, Yeshiva, and some rabbis. It's fine. You want a doctor for the Tzadik Adar? Also fine. He gave away all the things he didn't realize, of course, the value. And he didn't really want to think about it. That was godless, that decision. He understood what he can accomplish, what he can't accomplish. There's one other man, Rabbi Kiva, who said, no, which in English means that Hashem, when there's a Gezeira, and there's a Gezeira for a Chorban in Yushalayim, or a Chorban in Europe, Hashem will not allow even Rabbi Yechem to ask for Yushalayim. That's not papal infallacy. That's Rabbi Kiva's holding. No, on paper it was incorrect. He should have. But that's not his fault. That's Das Tehra, and that was part of the Gzeira. So Even had it still been open, the British were letting people in. The Nazis weren't in the front door. And everybody's going to listen. And they said, don't go. I was worried about the Ruchnius or whatever. That might have been the right decision anyway. And even if it was wrong, if that's part of the Gzeira, it's part of the Gzeira. The editor is just pointing out that the whole thing is not dealing with reality to have such a taina. If you want an asifa like that versus an asifa of almost anything else, take a political rally or something like that. As he says in the footnote, they didn't know he was already killed. Chaznish made a remark under his breath and somebody heard when they heard the full news of what really happened in Europe during the Holocaust which the Nazis did a very good job of hiding till the end. The American troops who were fighting in Europe were shocked when they walked in. That's how well it was hidden. And they heard reports here and there. They thought it was exaggerated. And when the Chaznish heard what really happened he made a statement in Yiddish, but the translation was that uh, you know, which means they withheld the information from me, which was the only time the Chaznish slipped and almost uh, basically said he had Ruach HaKedish, and they didn't want him davening. So that's part of the Gzeira. Does that mean they should have done more investigation? He didn't know. It was withheld. So if Shem wants to carry out the Gzeira, carry out the Gzeira. So, Rabbi Hanan was the Tav Muvik of the Chavetz Chaim. He says, if you ever discuss this with Rabbi Hanan, you, Rabbi Hanan himself is an Alton Gadol, will say in a minute, what he says about his Rebbe should have you understand that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, despite Gullah's conditions and despite all the terrible, pressure situations going on, La'alman Yisrael, that's an important thing to keep in mind. Every Dar has leaders and Hashem sets it up that way. And that's why he's referencing Rabbi Hanan, you, even though Rabbi Hanan was the Dastar. He said what, what he says about his own Rebbe, and Rabbi Hanan told over a few very important mitzvahs that, that he witnessed himself that attested, he didn't uh, recount mitzvah like this, Astam, that attested to the Chafetz Chaim's Ruach HaKadosh Mamish. The one that sticks in my mind that's a very famous one is. Uh, he was learning with him. Chavaz Chaim is over here and Bacham is over here. And they used to learn for hours and hours and hours and there wouldn't be, uh, sometimes they'd just be concentrating. And apropos of nothing, Chavaz Chaim jumped up in the middle of, in the middle of Seder. 
And he screamed out, he says, they were forced to free him. He's out, he's free. Mohan looked at his watch and went right there. Afterwards, he asked the Chavaz Chaim, what was that all about? Chatzkel Abramsky had been in Siberia and the whole world was trying to lobby that they get him out. So they could deadly Israel and he was going to die there if uh, Rahman Islam. And um, it's the first, first time the communist regime was actually forced by public pressure to do something for somebody or undo damage they did. And it took him weeks to get back to Central Europe, you know, the train system in Siberia. And we got, finally got there, Abachanan asked him, by the way, uh, what day did you get out? Told him which day. He says, do you perhaps remember the time? So he said, do I remember the time? I'll remember this time as long as I live. I thought I was going to die there. So I remember the time. It was 10.52 when I walked out of there. That was the time. So Rabbi Khan witnessed this, sitting there with him. So it's not, you say, well, Navu is from a long time ago. I'm in Yisrael, and we don't have elections for leaders. We know who they are. And that's what he's trying to convey over here. So for every uh, Tom, Dick, and Harry to think, oh, I normally agree because I agree, but this time they got it wrong. He says, you're playing with fire. He says, that's not what the Messiah is all about. He continues, let's just finish the paragraph. First word line is Bachanan, Shlita, Zatzal, Hashem Yikam Dama, which he says at the bottom. Whatever the backdrop to that was. Even though we, small-minded people, we midgets think that we know better. As I explained at the beginning of the year. That means even if it looks like to you and this time you're sure they're making a mistake. Basically, little humility, know your place. Next page. Like your chametz. And that takes working on your midas and understanding the role of the Messiah and where you are and who you are and who you aren't. Hain and based in Yachal of Alta, based in Alem Kane, Goldman of Chachma, a minion, Belize, Karvu, Asher, Mashiyid, Mushu, Chush. He uses that word a lot. Chush means it looks to me like the reality. It really looks like they're making a mistake. This time they're wrong. Normally they're right. This time they're wrong. It's obvious. Well, he's going to launch into next week. All this was. Very obvious to all of Klai Yisrael, especially the ones in Shushan are watching this. Rabbi Mordechai, we love you, we respect you, with all due respect, you're wrong. And it's obvious you're wrong. You're starting up with the most powerful man on earth. He's going to kill you, he's going to kill us. And it looked like that. So they saw Bechush this time, they're right, he's wrong. And it's not true, it's all a facade. And El Adimian verse Ruach. And he will begin to discuss Mordechai and the Megillah. Mitzvah Shem, we will pick that up next week. Have a good vach.